0: Welcome to the latest Forever Blue podcast, Uh, a day later than you used to perhaps because we normally record on a Sunday night in the UK. But because of the Newcastle game being on a Sunday, next week's game against West Ham is on a Sunday. And Aston Villa, the last match of the season, with hopefully the title celebrations, is also on a Sunday. So all the podcasts to take us to the end of the season are all being recorded on Monday evenings in the UK. So that's the reason. Um, But obviously we're still here and uh, we're going to discuss lots of stuff tonight pertaining to Manchester City. Uh, I I do it all with the support of Howard solicitors who have offices throughout Greater Manchester and Cheshire. They specialise in areas of law that affect the individual. So it's like if you need some help or guidance, then someone from them can give you help. And they they do all sorts of stuff, whether it's separation of children or something to do with a car offence and any of you not got a lot of money, uh, don't let that put you off, contact them and they will try and help you. Uh, Their email address is law at howardsolicitors.com or you can visit their website howardsolicitors.com and obviously be able to find out their phone number quite easily but it's 0161 872 and then 9999. Now tonight uh, we're going to talk about the last couple of games of course and look ahead to the matches this week but as much as anything we're going to talk about the the breaking news about Erling Haaland coming to Manchester City, which is hardly a new story. It's been something that's been kicking around for a little while. I don't think it's a, a shock to anybody, uh, but it's starting to get very close to the end. And by the time you listen to this podcast, maybe it will have been announced because I think the, the, the medical's been done, all the figures have been agreed. And from what we can gather, um, he will earn around about the same as Kevin De Bruyne. So there won't be a breaking of the ceiling of the wage structure at City, and it'll be a five-year contract. Now, joining me uh, to discuss this uh, are the legend that is Rodney Marsh, um, who hosts uh, Grumpy Pundits over on Sirius XMFC over in the States. Uh, And we've also got um, Paul, who's a legend in the car repair uh, industry (laughs) um, from Prestige Car Repairs. And we've also got Harland who will be joining us in a little while as well. Now, that's not to be confused. It's not Erling Harland. It's Harland who contributes regularly to uh, Forever Blue. But it's funny how now City are going to have a Harland on the field and a Harland off the field. But we'll get to him a little bit later on. Rodney, first of all, it's not a shock that Erling Harland is coming to City. Yeah. What do you make of it?
1: Um, well, let's start with the fact that um, this year, Manchester City have played without a tip of the spear, without the striker, without what they call in the modern game. They call it the number nine, don't they? Well, uh, not in my day. That was just a centre forward, but it's, uh, times change. Um, City have played all year without that player. Um, so you kind of spread the goals around, don't you, to all the players... Uh, the midfield players, the attacking players uh, and they've come through Ian so all the players have come through this year that needed to but yeah, I believe that you always need an Aguero you always need that goal scoring player you always need uh, I feel that just in general terms so uh, for them to get Harland, I actually think that Haaland is, is uh, if not the best goal scorer certainly up there with the top three or four
0: do you have any reservations about him? I mean, let me put a no. couple of counter arguments like his injury record or the fact he hasn't played in the Premier League or anything else that you might think of. No reservations at all?
1: None whatsoever. Uh, for those that haven't seen too much of him, uh, I, I, I urge you to go onto YouTube and check it out because some of his performances, you know, he's, he's a big, strong lad. He's, he's a left-sided player in terms of his body. He plays down the middle, of course, but uh, he's quick. He's ever so quick over short periods and he knows where the goal is. And and if City need a player with a passing of Phil Foden, who, by the way, Phil Foden has come on in the last 18 months to be one of the best players around, what a lovely passer of the ball Phil Foden is. He can pick out Kevin De Bruyne on the, I mean, there are so many weapons that Man City have. And, And down here in London, uh, I'm in London at the moment. Down there in London today, people are going apoplectic that um, that Man City can afford to sign one of the best players in the world after being, in my view, the best team in the world. And they're saying if the deal goes through, I believe it's gone through already. Just the, the announcement to come. I said this a couple of weeks ago, by the way. Um, and they're saying that if they if they sign Harland, City sign Harland. They're just going to be a procession of trophies for the next four or five years. And uh, I welcome that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so this is the cliched last piece in the jigsaw, is it? And, and and obviously then you'd expect a fairly imminent announcement that Pep Guardiola is extending his stay at City as well, wouldn't you?
1: Yes. One one quick thing, Ian, and, and you know me how I hate to be controversial. Um, if you go onto Twitter from a couple of weeks ago, um, I tweeted, I think it was around April, April 25th, around there. Go on to Rob Marsh 10 and check it out. I tweeted, "Harland deal is done. Because I was told that day that the deal had been done. Okay, so shaking the hands, the numbers, blah, 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 blah. But I was told that day, Ian and Paul, I was told that day that City are trying to unload a player. Now, I won't say I didn't on that day, I didn't say who it was, because I don't like speculation in the negative. Love speculation in the positive, don't like it in the negative. But if if my source is right, I think you'll be shocked at who the player Man City are trying to unload.
0: Well, the only player that could shock me if they were trying to unload, as you use that expression, would be Kevin De Bruyne. Any other player wouldn't surprise me, um, possibly Bernardo Silva, but he's talked about leaving for a, a little while. So whilst I'd be gutted if he was to leave, it wouldn't shock me in quite the way that you're suggesting. So does that mean it's Kevin De Bruyne?
1: No, what it means is you haven't worked out all the apples and oranges. And, and uh, if if, it, if the deal goes through and this player leaves, you'll go, Rodney, you were right and I was wrong. I am shocked. <laughs>
0: <laughs> really? Really? Yeah, Come absolutely. On. You've got to give yeah. us some sort of a clue here, Rodney. No, you can't no, just no, leave this no, no, hanging no, like no. that.
1: No, no, because you over the years, and you've known me, I don't want to put a negative spin for a player that might listen to this and might think, well, you know, as Rodney found out about this, blah, blah, blah. So I don't want to do that. I'm, I'll stick with the positives.
0: Uh, well, on a more general conversation like that, yeah, it has been speculated on that Gabriel Jesus could leave. Um, you know that
1: You ain't going to, could... no, to get me to say it Ian <laughs> I'm not trying to get you to say it I'm not trying to so get you to say
0: it My question really because I'm, I'm going through a few here Raheem Sterling as well that is it inevitable with Erling Haaland's arrival that City will have to play in a completely different way I mean at the moment uh, the simplistic way of looking at it is that by signing Haaland that all those crosses that go across the face of goal will be tapped in by Haaland. But I don't think that's the type of player he is. He's just going to be sitting there on the edge of the six-yard box completing every every cross that comes in. He, he, to me, is a is about power, about driving down the middle. And that would suggest a different way of playing. It, does, it means it's not going to be this... A system, by the way, that I love, so I'm not criticising it, but a system that is all about passing and moving. And the actual finish is not necessarily the crucial bit of the goal, So even when Aguero was playing, who was a great finisher, it wasn't about his finish under Pep Guardiola, which perhaps it had been under Mancini and Pellegrini and him producing individual goals. It was about finishing a slick move, which is what City generally do. So City are going to have to play a different way now under Haaland. Not
1: necessarily. Um, I take your point, though, Ian. It's, it's a very, very good point. But in my judgment, and I've watched Haaland play quite a lot. In my judgment, he will play for City the way that Lindowski plays for Bayern Munich. You know, and and I think that that the players at Man City will, got to be very careful here, not to throw the guy that's going to get sold out the window here. So I've got to be very careful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The way that City will play will incorporate Haaland into their system rather than the other. Rather than when Rodney Marsh joined Man City, everybody had to chase of Rodney Marsh. No, no that, that's not the, that's not going to happen now.
0: <laughs> I was going to mention that actually.
1: Yeah, I got him first, buddy. I got him first. Yeah, yeah.
0: But <laughs> well, obviously we've seen Jack Grealish this season, who uh, Aston Villa was the main man, and everybody rates him very, very highly. But he has, as some people would say, because he's certainly not clicked the way he should have done, in my opinion. They say, well, he'll come good in the second year. It's not going to take Haaland a, a full year now to acclimatise to Pep's way of playing, is it?
1: In my opinion, uh, absolutely not. I, th- I think early in is going to come in absolutely flying. And I'll tell you what I'm going to do, folks, right off the bat, to my own judgment. I'm going to put him down as, as leading goal scorer in the Premier League next season. I'm, I'm going to have a bet on that. So I'm backing my judgment. I think he's going to be sensational. I think he's going to get so many opportunities to score goals. Um, now, then, you've hit on something, Ian, probably by accident there. And that is if you look at the way that they play Man City, and, the, and you look at the way that Pep changes these, the players and the lineup in certain games, um, I think the starting players for Man City next season is going to be eye opening. It's going to open up people's eyes because I would put Foden as an automatic starter. Now I would put Kevin De Bruyne obviously automatic starter. Haaland is going to be the tip of the spear. So who's the other person that's going to play in that front front three role? Um, that will be interesting. That will be very very interesting.
0: Is that somebody we... you think is at the club now, or is that somebody you think could also arrive?
1: Well. Um, I can let this little snippet out of the bag. Um, I've been told also that um, Man City might bring in another player, but they would have to lose a player of almost equal quality to make that change. That's what I've been told.
0: So this is where the shock departure comes from. Comes in, does yeah. it? Yes. Yes.
2: It's like yes. playing Cluedo, this, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've worked it out. It's not Kevin De Bruyne and it's not Phil Foden. I've, 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 I've worked that one out now.
1: Nothing gets past <laughs> me, Paul, does it? Nothing no. gets past <laughs>
0: I mean, obviously, City have been linked with Paul Pogba. Um, I was told no, a couple of weeks ago that that was a done deal, but no, you're, you're no, saying no. that's not. You're saying that's not.
1: I think that's one of the biggest nonsense... London bus found under the Antarctic in the Sun newspaper story I've heard for a long time.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm pleased he's not coming because he, what a nightmare that would be.
0: Well, you've been listening to what Rodney's had to say there, Paul, so I'll invite you now to, to bring in your comments. Um, you've told us before, and not in, in the wrong way, because you're perfectly entitled to do this, that you don't necessarily watch a lot of other football apart from City. So does that mean you... You can only really go off what other people are telling you about Erling Haaland, presumably. Although you might have seen him play against City for Dortmund.
2: Yeah, I've, I've obviously the only, the only time I get involved is if we're linked with a player. Um, but I, I'm, I'm really wary of going on these show reels and watching, you know, YouTube show reels because you, you only see the good stuff. I prefer to watch them in, in games and things. And but to be honest with you, what I've seen is, 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 is kind of is the ultimate sort of striker for me. He's, He's kind of got the, the power and the pace of Yaya Toure, you know, powering through the middle um, with the finesse of Aguero. And if we, can, if we can get the players, play, you know, fitting him in, and I think he will because he can play football a lot as well. So I think it could be a perfect fit for us, to be honest. I, yeah. I, said, I said it all along that, you know, we've not necessarily needed a striker. We've just needed to the players who we've got can finish. Um, you know, finish better because we've—that's what we've been lacking. We're scoring loads of goals, but we're taking loads of chances. Um, and I think this is why we're struggling in Europe at the final stages as well, because we don't take them chances when we should do. Um, this could be the little final piece in the jigsaw that you know starts pushing us again um, to 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 get you know quality in Europe, and that's what we're looking for, isn't it?
0: What do you yeah. think, Rodney, was the, was the failing in Europe in the Champions League this time? I mean, I know it was a hair's breadth, but what do you think the difference was?
1: Ian, um, this is not complicated. Um, I've been reading all the different blogs of different people trying to analyse it and all these different things. This is not complicated. Manchester City could, could, should have won the tie in Manchester. This didn't need to go. This did not need to go to um, to Spain for the return leg. City were magnificent in the first game. I thought attacking wise, they should have scored seven or eight. Missed chance after chance, and still scored four goals. Um, you got Holland in your team, you know, and you're those those three nil wins could be five nil wins, and, and and you know, and um, you go away from home, you need a goal. He's the guy that gets you the goal, and and and. Uh, so I think it's a magnificent signing. I think that that's, uh, City need a player. Uh, do you remember a couple of weeks ago um, when um, Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Jesus scored four goals in a game and everybody started going, oh, he's the man, he's the man, he's the man. Well, no, he's not. He's not. He's a good player. Uh, he's a good squad player. He scored four goals against Watford. Um, but I could score four goals against Watford. So, you know, uh, you, you need a player that's going to come in for the uh, very, very, I'm joking around, of course, Ian. Um, you need a player coming in at a very, very high standard that when he gets one-on-one, uh, and i tell you what, if he would have got one-on-one with the keeper Courtois, like Jack Greedy's got through one-on-one twice with him, or he's left foot, that would have been in the back of the net. And Man City would be through to the final. That's how I see it.
0: Hmm. I personally, this is my verdict on what went wrong in, in Madrid. Um, I mean, I take your point that the first leg could have sealed it and City were leading tw- uh, three times by two clear goals and let them slip. So that is really unforgivable. Um, City's defenders, who were lauded really by a lot of City fans, um I don't think are quite as good as people think they are because they don't need to defend very much. In in the vast majority of Premier League games, City is so superior in terms of possession and control in the game that they don't need to be good defenders. They just need to be players that cut things out on the break or whatever, every now and again. They're rarely tested in the way that they have been in some of the, the big Champions League games or against Liverpool. So put that one to one side, and that, that's part of the reason why they conceded. But in that second leg, and the same thing happened in, in Atletico Madrid, um, towards the end of the game, all right, in Atletico, Kevin De Bruyne went off because he was injured, um, but Bernardo was took off, and City lost a lot of their momentum in the last 10 or 15 minutes and went a hanging on against Atletico Madrid and got away with it. In the game at Real Madrid, um, Pep took off um, and now was yeah. revealed that it was a tactical decision and it wasn't because of an injury. Kevin De Bruyne, and he, he took off Riyad Mahrez. And if I'm Real Madrid at that point, I'm thinking, well, he's your best player. He's the player we fear. Even though some people have said that Kevin De Bruyne wasn't playing at his absolute best in that game. But he still is the player that you as the opposition go... He's the one we've got to fear. You know, he can break it. They take him off and they bring on slow players. Now I love Ilkay Gundogan. This is not, not. I'm not having a go at Ilkay Gundogan, but he's slower. He brings on Jack Grealish, who has talent. We've yet to see it fully uh, flourish, but he has some talent. But he's slower. So why did Pep do that? I mean, I love Pep, and if I if I had a piece of paper tomorrow that said 20-year contract. I'd sign him <laughs> right now, right? Not got a problem with that. But you've still got to look at that result and say, Pep well, made bad decisions.
1: Yeah, well, um, I'll go first, Paul, and feel free to join in, by the way, buddy, but I'll go first on that. You see, the, the, the thing about it, Ian, is this. You know, you, you score five against, I'm, I'm saying you as in, in the Royal U, you, know, you score five against Newcastle. You score some goals against uh, Watford and you know, and you pick up loads of goals here and loads of goals there. It ain't about that. It's not about that. It's about the Champions League now and it's about playing at the very highest level. And it's against playing against players that if you make a mistake... I'll tell you what i do with you right now. I'll tell you what... And this is, again, Paul is a big fan. I'll tell you what i do right now. If Manchester City had Benzema... Real Madrid will be out and Man City will be in the final. How would you like them apples?
2: Yeah, it's a fact. I think that's a fact. It's, it's, we, we we discussed this over there, Ian, didn't we? And we kind of said that the difference is, is we've got some very nice, compact, tight footballers who play some very good football. But sometimes you need that bit of steel that um, you know, gets you over the line. You might have to be pretty, you know, they, they did a lot of time wasting they did a lot of stuff like that you know game management you know it's you can call it what you want but it's game management and we we seem to struggle with that you know there's no way that on the, on this earth that we should have lost that game with was it three minutes to go of normal time or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah there's no way yeah. they, they scored they scored two goals in 33 seconds i think the ball was in play um that's that's that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. There was a lot of things went wrong. Um, and on the night, I was absolutely devastated. I, you know, I was un- un- unlike me, I was sat in silence for about, um, well, all of five minutes, I think it must have been. Uh, Breaking your
1: record, probably. Yeah, I did. Yeah, def- <laughs> absolutely.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I was absolutely devastated. But now I look back at it and I just think, you know, the difference there was they're there, men, grown, strong, fit men playing against young boys, um, who we're not there yet, you know, Phil Foden, you mentioned him earlier, great player, not strong enough, not strong enough yet. Um, you know, Grealish, not strong enough yet. They need to, they need to, you know, mature. And I don't just mean physically as well, I mean mentally, and, and there was a lot went wrong,
1: yeah.
2: and, and it's not that difficult to fix. We're nearly there, we've just not got that mental toughness yet. So neither of you your... men, neither,
0: neither of you looking at what Pep did. And, and as I say, I'm Pep's biggest fan, right? So this is not me saying Pep out or Pep's wrong. You know, I'm just saying we're all human. Every single one of us is human. I'm sure, uh, Paul, you might not want to admit this, but you've been underneath a car and uh, and done something wrong. You made a mistake. I've certainly yeah. made mistakes. Yeah, yeah. And, and Rodney, I'm sure you've <laughs> made mistakes. So... Pep's human, Pep's human. He plays football the way I want to watch it. It's absolutely a dream to watch Pep Guardiola's team's football. It's everything I've always wanted. And if City don't win the Champions League, I'll be gutted, but I can live with it just to watch this fantastic football. But I still think Pep made a mistake by bringing on slower, more cautious players at the tail end of a game and giving the initiative. Now, you couldn't have necessarily predicted that they were going to score. They they survived against Atletico, but once that first goal went in, my son's watching it on TV. And as soon as I got home, I said to him, "What did you think then?" And he said, "As soon as he took Kevin De Bruyne off, I said to me mum, yeah. as I was watching it, if they get a goal here, they'll get a second, and we'll get end up getting knocked out." That's what he said. Well, I think we all. I, I don't think. Sorry, Paul. I, I, sorry. I don't think.
1: I don't think too many people would disagree with that. It was. Well, I think everybody agrees here, and that he coached on the night. He coached a poor game on the night. Um, because you, you know, the changes that you make are supposed to impact your team in a positive way. And they the, the changes that uh, Pep made on the night impacted the team in a negative way. Now, i just I'll just want to add something to to what Paul just said, because you made a good point, and that is this. I played with a player called Mike Summerby. Now Mike Somerby was what I call a street footballer. He played like he's playing in the street with another, you know, and if, if somebody needs to get elbowed in the face, he'd elbow him. If somebody needed to be uh, smartened up, he'd go in late on a challenge. He could play football, but he was a street footballer. Benzema is a street footballer, okay? Man City, I don't believe, other than maybe Fernandinho, I don't believe... That Man City have a street footballer in their
0: team. We said is, Harlan exactly- that, is, that, is Harlan the street footballer, Rodney? You think?
1: No, no, he's not, he's not so much. He's not so much. Um, but that's that's what I feel City would be. Um, I looked at Yaya Touri as being a street footballer. <laughs> you, you don't want to get in a row with Yaya, do you? So you know, and, and you look at the other side of Manchester, you've got Roy Keane, a street footballer, that plays in the streets as you plays in the Champions League. City don't have that. And you're right, Haaland isn't that type of player. He's not, that, he's not that type of player. But I think City do need that to win the Champions League. You, you do need that steal. I agree with Paul.
0: Well, better late than never, we've now got Haaland joining us as well. Um, Haaland, as opposed to Haaland. Um, if it was Harlan, that would be nice to, to get a bit of an exclusive with the new signing. <laughs> but um, Haaland, perhaps you can do your um, uh, imitation of him because you've often been compared to Gary Neville. What, what do you think of um, Haaland signing them for, for City? Have you got a view on that?
3: Yeah, Ian. I'm, um, well, he, he's a player that obviously I've seen a lot of and he's a player that we, we nullified quite a bit when we played Dortmund in the Champions League, isn't he? But... And that, that for me was always, you know, in a way, a kind of test to see whether he would be able to get the better of a Premier League defence, one of the best. But then I look back at it now and go, Well, we were just too good that night. And it was a he's playing in a different kind of team. And it's a whole team performance, really, that isn't it, that that, that allows you to beat a side as as good as us. Um, not like when I saw Benjamin Mendy and I saw Sidibi and I saw Bernardo Silva play against us, where they were actually really, really good against us. Um and I thought straight away, yeah, I want them three. Although Haaland is quiet against us, you've just got to look at what he's done at, uh, at Salzburg. You look at what he's done at Borussia Dortmund over the last couple of seasons. Um, the frustration for him at Dortmund is that he keeps banging at tricks in and twos in and threes in and even fours some weeks, and they're losing 4-3 and stuff. So what I would say about him is that he he will score them amount of goals in our side, but with a better defence behind him, He'll also benefit the team more than he is at Dortmund maybe as well at the same time. So I just feel like, um, yeah, I'm excited about him. But he'll have work to do because he is going to be coming from Germany to the Premier League. And I believe our league is quicker than Germany. So he'll have work to do, but he is top quality, yeah.
0: What's your verdict on what, because obviously um, Paul and Rodney and I have been talking about the Real Madrid game. What's your verdict about what went wrong over there?
3: Well, obviously, I've spoken to a few people, and some are saying it's Pep's fault, um, which is a valid valid point in terms of substitutions, players coming off. In my opinion, I actually thought at the time he got it bang on. I was actually praising his substitutions and saying he's done really well to make the right changes. You know, he's taking the Bruyne off at a time in which we were we were doing okay in the game. We were in full control of the game, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Walker was a false substitution. So he had to come off, of course. And when he came off, obviously, he was in the war zone, weren't he? He was in an absolute war zone that night. Um, in my opinion, once he'd gone down once or twice, I thought the Madrid players targeted him a bit, uh, left a couple in on him and stuff like that. And he ended up hitting the deck, didn't he, and was withdrawn because of injury. And then I look at the, the third substitution, and a player that's got a bit of stick this year, Jack Grealish, who, for me, is one of the best ball carriers in the Premier, you know, in the Premier Division, Premier League, and somebody that slows the game down wrongfully at times, but rightfully so in the Real Madrid game, it was the correct substitution. And I think Pep's put all his eggs in one basket in the right sense and given the players everything they needed to go out there and tie that game up. But for me, it was slight defending. It was poor game management, terrible losses of possession in terrible areas of the pitch. Um, unforgivable, really. Um, yeah, we won 5-0 yesterday, but unforgivable to lose a game from that point and in that minute in the position we got ourselves into. Um so, yeah, we lost the game in that sense by conceding two late goals in that one. But when I look right back to the first leg and I look at the two chances we missed at 2-0, just after they'd hit the post from a Diaz and Edison mistake, we could have won it in the first leg. but we'd have gone 4-0 yeah.
2: and took a 4-0 yeah. lead
3: back to Real Madrid, yeah.
0: Yeah. we
3: could have lost two or 3 nil and still come away with a win. So I look yeah. at it and go, well, we shot ourselves in the foot taking a one-goal lead there. Then we got ourselves an extra goal and failed to game-manage for seven minutes. Yet we went out to Atletico Madrid having drawn nil, uh, sorry, 1-1-0 at home in a sticky tie where they come to ruin the game and game-manage for 95, yet for seven, we failed to do that with a two-goal lead. And we only took a one-goal lead to Atletico. So I think part of it was down to complacency. Part of it was down to bored idleness in the press and a lack of defensive awareness and grit and determination and all those things that Rodney will probably tell you that a footballer needs to have. Within his armoury, forget skill, forget ability, hard work, determination, tracking your men, stopping crosses and desire wasn't there in that final seven minutes for me. And that, for me, is why we lost the match. But yesterday was a good bounce back. Am I bowled over by it? No. We should be beating sides like Newcastle 4 and 5 nil. Probably should have been 9-10 if I'm honest with you. They didn't really bring anything to the party, but it's a good response to a poor
1: result in midweek, yeah.
0: All that pressing, all that energy, it sounds like it was describing you, uh, Rodney, when you were playing. <laughs> do,
1: you know, do you know what, the um, Harlan, how do you spell his name, by the way? Harlan. Harlan, okay.
0: Harlan.
1: Harlan, yeah, okay. Um, Harlan. Yeah, okay. Um, it makes a good point and, and about substitutions, Ian, because, you know, when people analyse football, and I do it for a living, and I play, for play football, of course, for a living, and I analyse football for a living, do you know what? So few people have, have mentioned how brilliant Ancelotti's substitution was. <laughs> bring, bring in, he, he needs to get goals. He brings on Rodrigo. Rodrigo scores two. Are you kidding me? Nobody's talking about Why is nobody talking about that? Are you talking about that, by the way, Ian? Come on.
0: Well, it's the other side of the argument because, um, yes, you're right. I haven't mentioned it, but Pep brought on slower players um, and... Ancelotti brought on quicker players. Uh, now, whether the two related, whether Ancelotti looked at, what well, I haven't looked at the timing of those, but they were roughly the same sort of time. Did he react then and thought, right, they've just took off speed and we're going to bring on speed because they brought on slower players? Uh, I mean, I was over there working for Indian television and uh, I was alongside an an ex-footballer who actually came out with exactly that Analysis about Ancelotti bringing on quick players at exactly the same time as City were bringing on slow players. As I said, I'm not I'm not having a go at Gundogan or you know the other players like Fernandinho, I absolutely idolise. But the fact is that they are slow players. Kevin De Bruyne at the moment he's like a he's like an Olympic sprinter when he goes forward and and he can drag five players along with him. So he's always got that threat. As soon as he goes off, you've lost pace. Even Mares, you know, is a threat because he's he's a wide man who can uh, create goals and keep possession as well. So the whole dynamic changed. So, but you're right, Ancelotti made positive substitutions, which also played a massive part in what happened. He
3: well, good. just, just it goals, didn't he? <laughs> sorry, Rodney. Just, just something you said on Rodrigo as well. He's a he's a five foot seven winger. He's not a striker. He's a number 10 second striker, if you like. But primarily. When he came from Brazil, he's an out-and-out out winger. For Diaz and Laporte to be beaten, not once, but twice in the air, by a winger that's not a natural header of a ball, by the way. He's a bit more like a, a Sterling than he is a Harland, isn't he? To be beaten twice by him, if you're two class central defensive uh, players, is very, very poor. The two crosses were, for me, six-yard box crosses that were very dangerously whipped in, but Well, it wasn't two headers, was it? One was a cutback from from Benzema and the second one was a header. But the first one's got to be cut out at source and the second one is a very wickedly delivered ball. But Diaz and Laporte between them have got to be saying, that's ours, that's my ball. Not one of them seemed to get anywhere near him in the air. And for me, to not get near a winger in the air, never mind a striker, is poor. And that was, for me, a massive, massive problem. And you could see, like Ian said, as soon as they brought quicker players on, the whole dynamic change, But in Pep's defence, and on that, I think Pep, once Maris had scored, was already thinking, now we need to try and manage this game out. And regardless of the subs, regardless of the, the, the difference in pace in midfield, 89 minutes on the clock, Manchester City, with the quality of players on the pitch, regardless of pace, should not be chucking that game away with a two-goal lead. It was diabolical. And then we came out yeah. in the second um, phase of, of, of the match, in the first half of extra time, and again, a calamity of errors in midfield, gifting the ball to Real Madrid. Everyone goes, we give away a penalty, and was it a penalty, was it not? Look at the play before the penalty was even given. We lost the ball in midfield. We allowed the ball to go down the right-hand side. We allowed yet another cross to come in, and Diaz got wrong side of his man. If you let Benzema get wrong side of you in the six-yard box or inside the box, and you put a rash challenge in, whether you touch the ball or not, you get more of the man... You're giving away a penalty. This is why, for me, as much as I've given Pep a bit of jip over the years with overthinking and not playing a hold the midfield the last season in the Champions League final and uh, tinkering with the, the players too many times or tinkering with a team, I've got to give him his due. I thought he game-managed perfectly in terms of his own substitution choices. The players, for me, crapped on Pep from a great height in that semi-final the other night, and they did, to the, they did the same to the fans. We game managed for 95 minutes against Atletico, and I repeat, we didn't manage to do it for seven minutes against Real Madrid. It was poor, it was complacent, and in the end, we got what we deserved for the complacency.
0: There's a crucial question then that comes from what you've just said. I know that we've got three Premier League games still to go, and we all know that Kyle Walker isn't going to play, that Ruben Diaz isn't going to play, that John Stones isn't going to play. So that's three... Key defenders are all absent, and we can talk about that in a minute or two. But in terms of going forward, Erling Haaland is about to sign for Manchester City. Um, Rodney's telling us that there's another mysterious player going to come in and one go out. But I'm assuming Rodney, without giving any game the game away because you don't want to, although I'd love you to, that this is a creative player. Is the, is the bigger question, is the crucial question, not if City are going to win the Champions League, about strengthening City's defence. Because against Real Madrid, they scored five goals. Yes, they missed chances, but they scored five goals. But they conceded six. You know, so yeah. in, in the Premier League where... There's 38 games, 19 opposition, where possibly as many as 16 or 17 of them are so inferior to City that you don't need to do much defending. So they're hardly tested. Maps doesn't matter too much. But in these big Champions League games, FA Cup semi-finals, those types of things, when you're playing teams who have equal or nearly equal resources, you have to be able to defend. Does City not need to sign in this summer break? A defender.
1: Ian, Ian, what you're talking about is a very complex issue which I'm happy to join in the conversation. It's complex and I'll tell you why. You just said about the three players and that was uh, Diaz, Stones and Walker all out for the rest of the season. But have you seen who Man City are playing in those three games? Tell me the teams they're playing against. Come on, do you know the teams?
0: Well, of course I do. Um, uh, Wolves, West Ham, and Aston Villa, and and just and before the Newcastle game, I was saying all of these four games are all perfectly winnable, and and people go into the game <laughs> against Newcastle and saying, uh, "Oh, I'm nervous and everything." I said, "What are you nervous about? They'll win four 0 today." Now I got it wrong. It was five. Um, I don't. I don't have any concerns about the remaining league games because the playing teams. I know somebody will say, "Well, West Ham have got something to play for because they're trying to get into Europe," but you tell me Rodney you're an ex-player you're an ex-manager I'm not but most of these players who are going to be playing for Wolves even though they'll not, they'll not admit it are thinking the last thing I want to do now is get an injury in these last two or three games by doing some last dick tackle or, or putting his body on the line to try to win this game when A I don't need to and B I don't want to be having treatment for the next three months while the rest of them are on the beach so yeah. uh, where's the motivation for the opposition?
1: Well, um, it's an interesting question, because I can tell you firsthand, and I don't know how the, the modern player dynamic fits into this, but a lot of players will have already booked their uh, two weeks away in uh, wherever they're going to go. Their wives and their family have already booked it. So you're right. You don't want your leg in plaster going on holiday. Um, so they're looking at it from that point of view. Some of them are. But I want to go back to my original point, Ian, about uh, the games left, which I believe that's nine points. And I actually think that Liverpool could slip up again, by the way, but and, and maybe drop another couple of points. But but I think I think City get the nine points. They win. But is that good enough? You know, you got Pellegrini winning it. You got Mancini winning it. You got Pellegrini winning the cups. You got Mancini winning the cups. You know, you got. You've won the Moose Cup four years in a row. You you keep on winning and winning and winning. It's all about, in my opinion, the league. Yeah, we're going to, yeah, City will win it again, you know, but it's all about the Champions League now. You've got to talk about the Champions League. And before next season, you have to be talking about the Champions League. Is our squad, do you know the question on your podcast for the start of next season? The first show that you do, it shouldn't be is City going to win the league or is City going to win trophies? You, your first podcast is, does this squad of players, is this squad of players good enough to win the Champions League? That's where you should be at. It
3: is,
0: you, know, it? you also must know that there's quite a lot of City fans, because I do the Match Day vlog every week, which uh, Harlan is a regular contributor to, so he'll know this as well as anybody, that there are a hell of a lot of City fans who still say and said before the game in Madrid, when I talk to them out there, um, you know what, I'd love to win this, but the only thing that really matters to me is the Premier League. Don't care about the... Ch- That's just the cherry on the cake. And I bet you're one of them, Paul, aren't you? Even though you go to European away games, I'm pretty sure you've said that to me.
2: Absolutely. No, I have said it and, I, and, I, and I'll stand by it because, you know, the way I look at it is this, the Champions League is a is a flawed cup competition. You know, the, the, the Champions League is won most like most years by a team who isn't the champion of their, their particular league. So they shouldn't even be in the champions league. So that's, that's one of my hates forget all the, you know, why people boo and all that. I I don't like the champions league because I prefer to go back to the year, the old um, European cup uh, when it was proper champions in there. Um, I I yeah, I yeah. I, I, can't, I can't give a monkey's about the Champions League from winning it point of view, if you like, because of what I've just said. What I want to win it for, and it's the wrong reason, is just to basically get the the monkey off our back of the media and everybody else saying we're we're no we're no good because we've not won the Champions League yet, which is in a way kind of what Rodney's saying, and I, and I do get it. You know, we are you you are now marked. Um, as a club if you've not won the Champions League. Um, you know, it's 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 been put up there in such a great pedestal by the media that um, you know, you're you judged on the Champions League when and like I said earlier, you've got to be the champion. You can't be the champion of Europe when you're not even a champion of your own country. To that be fair, happen. Paul
0: though, and the owners and and the reason why they brought in Pep geared up and all about winning the Champions League. That's well, the point yeah. you made before, Rodney, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah they
1: said
2: every, that. Yeah. Everybody says that, though. But have we? You know, people say that Pep was brought in to win the Champions League, but was he? You know, was yes. he? Was, was
1: he? Yes, he was.
2: As he said, he uh, as he Paul, said he was, though. Paul,
1: Paul, can I tell you something? Uh, this is this is not this is not Rodney Marsh's opinion. This is a fact. This is a fact. Do you know the name Gary Cook? Yeah. You must know the name Gary Cook. He was brought into Manchester City, was it, 13, 14 years ago. I spoke to Gary Cook. I, I had a cup, coffee with Gary Cook. I had Gary Cook on my show in America. Every time he said, the owners came in and said, yes, the league is good. Yes, the cups are good. We want to become the biggest brand in Europe and we want to win the Champions League. And that's why... These managers come in because Pep, uh, Pep Guardiola. Now, I see what I do here. Let's look at this guy's. As you like these apples, I'm about to give you. If if Man City don't win the the league this year, okay, there's an argument to say in any given year that Mancini and Pellegrini were better than Pep in that particular year. Is that an argument, Ian? That you could you could argue.
0: Statistically, you can't disagree with that. Um, that's, I I mean, that's,
1: why I said, that's why I said factually. That's, yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. statistically. I mean, they didn't come up against the Liverpool team that City are fighting for all these trophies against at the moment. Uh, that would be the counter-argument to that. Well, yeah, come on,
1: man. Come, come on. on. Aguero well, wins in the 94th minute against Manchester United. Come on. One of the greatest days in history. Who was the manager the United, then? The
0: United, back, even back then in 2012, and obviously... It's ten years this week since that that particular game. But United were nowhere near as good as Liverpool are right now. Whether we want to admit that or not, because we might not like particularly like Liverpool because we're all tribal fans. But this Liverpool team under Klopp is better than the tail end of United under Fergie. Fergie's peak years he might have been he might have been stronger, but they haven't been getting the points tallies, for example. United never got the points tallies that City and Liverpool have been hitting. Go on, Carlin.
3: On on this, Ian, right, here's my view on Champions League, and it kind of mirrors something Paul said. Champions League is a lottery of a competition, right? We don't concede them two goals the other night. We're in the final of the Champions League. And then it comes down to who wants it more in that final, not who's the better side or anything like that. Quality is involved. But I personally think that we would have beaten Liverpool in the Champions League final. One, because I I think that the players would have known, the players would have known how much it meant. They would have not wanted to feel the way they felt last year coming away from Porto, having lost to Chelsea. I feel like the extra bit of needle involved in between, or shall I say between the fans, between the players, I think the, the determination, desire, will and grit that I'm talking about that wasn't there in the, last seven minutes of the Real Madrid game, would have definitely been there from minute one in the Liverpool game. And the players would have given it absolutely everything. Final game of the season, you're not playing for two and a half months, go and give it everything. The quality would have been there. De Bruyne probably would have been an absolute flames. It would have been a completely different city than I think we've ever seen before. The flip side of that would have been, we might have probably crumbled under the pressure and could have been done like (laughs) we were in the semi-final (laughs) of the the, the FA Cup. I think that the former would have been the outcome of that game. Well, the flip side of it is that the Champions League can be won and lost on an Aguero goal against QPR. And what I mean by that is you can win it with a last-minute goal against the other side in the final and you can lose it in just the same way. A 38-game season, for me, is a much more telling way of determining who, over the course of a season, has been statistically the better side. Uh, Leicester, when they won it in 15-16, for me, statistically were the best side in the division. He scored almost a similar amount of goals as everyone else. He got the most points in the league, hence why they won it. Were they the best football side that, uh, that season? Did they play the nicest football? Was it the best football? Was it the most efficient football? Yes, it was. Was it the best and most desirable? No, it wasn't. It was very long ball, very one-dimensional. But Mahrez and Vardy had this telepathic behaviour that just seemed to work week in, week out. They had great individual players. They had great characters like Hoof and Morgan. And it was a dysfunctional side, but it was functional at the same time because it just worked. And you can win a league title with togetherness and with quality and with skill and ability over a 38-game season. You can win and lose the Champions League on the flip of a coin. And for me, yeah. we were we were we were we were we were seven minutes away. People will say, "Well, if we'd have beat Madrid, we'd have had to beat Liverpool." We were seven minutes away from winning the Champions League because we yeah. would have won it against Liverpool. I would have put my. Holland, Holland. Let me.
1: Let me, let me ask you a question, Arlen. Is it okay, Ian, you know, if I ask you, Arlen a direct question, yeah? Yeah, of course. Okay, Arlen, let me ask you a question. You seem like a really genuine, genuine football fan, and you seem like a really genuine, honest Man City supporter. Let me ask you a question right now, and don't lie, okay? Don't <laughs> lie to me, okay? At the start of next season, before a ball is kicked, and I said to you, you can win the Premier League or you can win the Champions League. Honestly, which would you pick? Honestly,
3: the Premier League, because I can't see anybody else oh. winning probably. Um If, you, if oh. you said to me which two competitions would I want to win, I'd say the <laughs> Premier League and the Champions League. The FA Cup and the, 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 the Mickey Mouse Cup, as it's called, whenever somebody else... or shall I say? The Mickey Mouse Cup, whenever we win it, is always somebody else's yeah. Premier League title when they win it. So... It's one of those. But would I like to have won the Champions League this year? Yes. And again, for me, it's because of what Paul said earlier on. And it's to get the albatross from around the neck, the monkey off the back, whatever we want to say it. But once we've won it once, if we never won it again, I wouldn't care. Because Paul that sits next to me in the ground, not Paul Prestige, obviously, Paul is a prestigious person that sits next to me, but he's not as prestigious as Paul because obviously Paul is prestigious. <laughs> Paul, but Paul is very prestigious, um, if you can get your head around that. Um, but Paul sat no, next to me can't. and, and we said, can't, no. Do you know what? He said, even if we win it once and we get the albatross from around us neck as city fans, the media will still say, ah, but Liverpool have won it six times, and Chelsea have won it this many times. You're, ne- you're always playing catch up. You're never going to be able to catch these teams up if they continue to be successful. Although, if we give it another ten years, I think we'll only be six. We'll, we'll be six Premier League titles behind United. <laughs> so yeah, um it's one of them, Rodney. I'd love to win the Champions League, but I can't win it at the expense of the Premier League. I, I, I just can't. I can't see somebody else win the Premier League and 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 okay, and, and okay. further Champions League. But we were literally seven minutes away from winning it, in my opinion. We would have beaten Liverpool in the final. And that's the thing you that You keep on doing
1: me. that, mate. You keep on saying that. You can't, no matter what? how much you say it, those seven minutes, you can't have them back,
0: buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me give you my answers, Rodney, to your question about about. Yes, which please, and, and,
1: and Paul as well, yes.
0: Yeah, but here's my answer. I absolutely want to win the Champions League. However, uh, that, that's, that's my number one. Uh, for a selfish reason, because I've seen him win the Premier League now multiple times, seen him win the FA Cup, the League Cup, the Community Shield. As a football fan who's a diehard Manchester City fan, it feels like on my CV, my CV, this is very selfish, my CV, I want yeah. to tick that box that says I've seen it all and I want to see my team win the most prestigious trophy in Europe. However, um, I. As a, as a fan, when I first started watching City, and this is no insult to the players who played for the club, many of which have become friends of mine and people I, I really admire both on and off the field. But I, I got used to watching right at the beginning, Belle Lee, Summerby and some great, great, great players from that era. I've watched everything since. And it's not always been about winning for me. Now, uh, the club that I'm supporting at the moment is changing. It's changing very rapidly. And when Sheikh Mansour came in and uh, took over and put, injected all this money, uh, I said to anybody that wanted to listen to me that we were going to get everything. All our wishes would come true. It would be a fantastic rocket ride and uh, and, and it would be amazing. However, by the end of all this, we would have morphed into the team that are our Enemies, our rivals across the city united as being a a bit more soulless a bit more about making money about global domination and just about winning trophies and thankfully at the moment pep is not that type of manager even though Harlan's mentioned it and said you know that teams of, of less quality with a plan like leicester like maybe Chelsea won the the Champions League a few years ago when they were ugly and horrible in that season, but still ended up winning the Champions League. Do I want that? No, I'm greedy. I want to see a Pep Guardiola team playing beautiful football with skillful players and intricate passing and really clever football. I want to see that Manchester City team win. But the trouble with... This is the juxtaposition. The more successful City become, the more they want to dominate the world, the more prices go up, the more demand comes from everybody else to watch my Manchester City. The harder it is to get a ticket, the harder it is to, to have Mancunians in the stadium and all the things that matter to me. So... I have a real problem with um, sort of the, 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 the awkward position that the club is in for me. Now, very few people will actually relate to this, especially people who are younger than me. But that, that's it. That's my piece. But it's quite a lot younger, of
2: people younger than you, though. Ian. That's that's a, a bad bad mark that to put down.
0: <laughs> but winning the Champions League, absolutely, I want to see it done, and I would have loved to have, have done it. I, I booked me a train ticket to Paris, so obviously that's gone down the the tubes now. Um, so more money wasted, you know. But I'll I'll hopefully Istanbul next year or Wembley the year after. One day I'll actually see this happen. Is that a good answer for you, Rodney?
1: Well, it's good enough. But um, what, in essence, what you're saying, I'd love to get Paul's take as well. You've got Haaland who says he wants to win the Premier League, not the Champions League. You've got you who says Champions League. Uh, maybe Paul's going to be the decider. Paul, what say you, buddy?
2: I'm going for the hat trick, mate, because I, I, um, I said it earlier. I, I, the Champions League for me is a, is a great opportunity to see different places, experience different cultures see different football teams live and see some great players live um
0: different cultures we've been to madrid twice in three weeks
2: <laughs> Yeah, but, we, but i had different tapas <laughs> i had sangria one time and martini the last time we went
1: <laughs> I, was, I was gonna say you, you can only have so much crawfish
2: yeah. yeah yeah exactly that was the one we had some of that as well um yeah i i listen i i love the champions league and probably for the wrong reasons um if they had the champions league and every game was played in you know in england then I, I probably wouldn't love it at all um i love it for the wrong reasons and for me the, the premier league week in week out that's where our bread and butter is and that's where i get to i get to do my bit on the terraces and all the rest of it and be myself and get rid of my me me the stress and my tension and everything on the terraces. These European games are the very very highbrow, aren't they? And and it's not it's not what us Mancunians are about. I know I know people will be saying, "Oh, that's nonsense, that's nonsense." But I don't want to win. I don't want to win this competition in this format that it's in at the moment. I just don't want to win it because of what I've said earlier. We we don't we're not about it, Rodney. Rodney. I, I I love I'd love to win the Champions League just to get rid of the monkey on my back. And then I've got said- all these European games and my wife will stop going mad at me for spending a fortune.
3: <laughs> what do what I say, now, man? Rodney, you said to Ian before the first podcast of the new season should be, is this score good enough to win the Champions League? I'm going to get it in one more time before we finish. No, not seven minutes Seven again. minutes away from the <laughs> <a> final. <laughs> So this squad, at the level it's at now, without Haaland, got to the semi-final of the Champions League, second leg was seven minutes to the final. So, what would have been needed to have gotten to the final? Better heads, a bit more concentration, less complacency, forget the substitutes, like I said, I backed Pep, I thought he got them bang on, just better defending and we would have been in the final. Then, like I say, it would have been down to who wanted it more. If we'd have won it then, that question, that and not in an offensive way, but that question you're asking there wouldn't have been asked because we'd have won it. So the squad is good enough, but like Ian said,
1: no, no, no. You need
3: to get a grip no. of that team in the final seven minutes. Fernandinho was on the pitch. Ruben Dias, who I believe is good enough to be the next Vincent Company, was on the pitch. Laporte was on the pitch. There was a couple of captains on there that, for me, even when the first one went in, didn't go over and sort the team out and didn't go over and calm things down. Nobody seemed to stand up and be counted and go, right, it's now 1-1. We can only afford to concede one more goal. Who took the lead? If Vinny Company was playing against Madrid last week, we wouldn't have lost that game. We just tell you you're,
1: you're, you're dead right as well. And if Colin Bell was playing, you would have actually won it as well.
3: Yeah. So that's where I stand. So this squad is good enough to win it, but you've it's just
1: got to be there at the right time we we'll, we'll, we'll disagree we'll agree to disagree on that because if they were good enough they would have
0: won it right rodney um you booked for the first podcast of next season and we'll <laughs> uh, we'll, deb- I mean. do, we'll we'll debate all this then uh, i'm going to finish this one off by by asking about what's left now of the Premier league um i know you've already said three wins out of three rodney you no concerns yeah. about the absences of the three key defenders then it's just straightforward this last three games is it
1: It is for me. You bring in in Ake, you bring in Fernandinho at the back, Rodri can play at the back. You're not playing against world class players in any of those games, in my opinion. I can't, uh, you maybe see it differently, guys. I don't pick out one world class player in in all of those games. Uh, Maybe, maybe, no, I can't think of one. So, um, you know, it should be for me nine points. I don't see any problems at all. Cancelo can play either side. Zinjenko I like going forward, and he's—he's, he's, you know, I just don't see—I don't see any weakness, um, even with the injuries.
0: Coutinho might be the one player I'd pick out of the opponents. That you, are left. You, you,
1: uh, Ian, you're not following Aston Villa, are you? You're not seeing what's happening?
0: No, no. To be fair, <laughs> I'm not. No,
1: he's on the bloody bench now. He don't want to play anymore. He's on the
2: bench.
0: Right, fair enough, t- that tells me. I'll come tell you, I'll,
2: I'll tell you I liked. Um, he only had a bit of a cameo at uh, on Sunday. Was this young CJ, whatever his name is. Riley. Right, yeah. yeah, I, I, I like the look of him. He looked uh, He looked a, a tidy little player. Don't judge a,
0: a player when they come on at 4-0. Um, no, just, I, I know, but... I'm not, I'm not saying I, I he's not a good player, I, yeah, but that's yeah. the wrong time to judge No, them. I
2: understand that, but, you know, we're going on about we're lacking defenders and stuff. Um, you know, maybe... It might be a good time to get him out there if we're struggling, you know, for defensive players. He just looked he looked he looked very useful, shall we say?
0: Harlan, I know you're certain that City are gonna win the league anyway, so I don't even yeah. know why I'm asking you.
3: Yeah, we'll uh, we'll beat Wolves Wednesday night in, but um for me it's gonna it's gonna be about midfield, isn't it? I mean, we should run it, but you've got Neves in there that loves to it from range. Um you know they've got podence a couple of good players Raul Jimenez is, in as he's he's hitting the back of the net again or has been since he's come back from his injury but like like you know if we do what we did yesterday against newcastle control possession and, and actually play a bit more direct at times and get in behind early we can beat them west ham is another one um you know we dominated the game in the cup didn't we in the carabao cup we smashed them in that game and lost on penalties I and mean, that ain't going to happen in this one is it, it don't go to penalties so we should dominate that one we've just got to put our chances away against them and if the league's won by the time Aston Villa come, then we can lift the trophy in front of Steve and sing Steve Gerard. Gerard can't we? Which is an absolute blinding <laughs> day. But um, what I don't want to do is, let's not leave it till the final day and let him have any influence on our title challenge whatsoever. If we, if we slip up in any in either of these two games that we both and all believe we're going to win, which we all believe we're going to win, then, then that's... We're going to give ourselves a real difficult final day of the season, aren't we? Because he's going to be more motivated than ever to try and upset the apple cart on the final day. So let's get it won on Wednesday night. Let's get West Ham beat you at the weekend, and let's get the trophy nice and shiny and well-polished. And you know what I'd do? I'd give it to Ruben Diaz, and I'd tell him that instead of lifting it with uh, Fernandini or whoever wants to lift the trophy this time round, give it them him and let him run down the halfway line and then slip with the trophy instead. That'd be brilliant, wouldn't it?
0: Rather than just lift it, slip with it and slide across the pitch. That'd be brilliant. Oh, dear, dear. If City, if City uh, are four points clear with one game to go, I, I'll also predict they'll wear the new home kit, the sky blue shirts. You've seen it now with the maroon top and everything, white shorts, sky blue socks, a little bit of maroon in there as well. They'll wear that uh, on the last day of the season. That's my bet. Anyway, um, thanks to Harlan. Before we go in, very quickly. Yeah, uh, one, one word answers from
1: you guys. Who is your player of the year for Manchester City? One word answer, please.
0: Briner. Okay, I said do Briner because that'll be two words. Holland, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I'm gonna go for Riyad Mahrez, Rodney. Without him in key games, without his goals at different times in different games, he scored like when we've been 2 0 or, or made it 2 0 at times, I remember. And, Without that impetus you get with a second goal, you don't win three and four nil. So I'd say, Mares, key goals, great finishes, Mares. That's one
0: word from Haaland that.
3: now. Yeah. that's 21 words, Ian, but that's 21 as good words good you get. For 2021 <laughs> 22, why not?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. go on, Paul. Walker.
0: Ooh, there you
2: go. See? You. Just simply. That's what
0: he says on the tin. Simp, what about simp. you, Rodney? I think
1: Kevin DeBorn is the best player in the world.
0: Yeah, can't argue with that.
2: But who do we miss most when he's not on the pitch?
1: Bernardo Silva.
2: Okay. Bernardo Silva.
3: It's
1: funny you didn't get mentioned, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I, you yeah,
3: know i he, 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 he might have been mine, Bernardo Silva, because without his legs, you don't win matches, do you? But I just think Mahrez's goals have been key this year, but Bernardo's class and he's the best player. Even,
0: even though Bernardo didn't play against Newcastle and we won 5-0. But, yeah. I...
3: but he's the best all-round player
1: we've got. The Best all rounder we've got.
0: I agree. But who Listen, do we
1: miss the most?
0: Like that's the a question you, for next week.
1: We've got whatever you do, don't forget those seven minutes. Holland, <laughs> Listen, <laughs> when it, when it, do you know what? Do you know what?
3: When I count now, I go one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. Yeah, quite right. <laughs> Sick of hearing the number seven now. It haunts me. Well done,
1: boys. Well done.
0: <laughs> uh, right. Listen. Thanks very much Bye. to everybody. Thanks very much to Howard Solicitors, who have offices throughout Greater Manchester and Cheshire. They specialise in areas of law that affect the individual, so it's likely that if you need some help or guidance, that they can find somebody to help you. Uh, Howard Solicitors. Two S's in the middle. Howard's. And solicitors.com. That's the website. Thanks very much to the one and only Rodney Marsh, who wouldn't quite tell us who's going to go and come <laughs> in the summer, but we nearly got there. We know it isn't. Uh, thanks very much to Harlan, even though he only came in halfway through. And thanks very much to hey. Paul for being prestige as normal. Thanks very much, guys. Get it shared, get the podcast distributed everywhere all over the world. And remember one thing if you only remember one thing today, it's great to be a blue.